0: Look at Talk, new episode starts now. Welcome, one. Welcome everybody to another edition of the Look A Talk Podcast. This is your boss man a. V Jones. And today I have some guests holding it down in California. It is Miss Ms. Rona and Ernie Kaysen, the host of the Married Into Crazy podcast. How are y'all doing today?
1: Good. How are you?
0: We're doing fantastic. Bro. I'm doing fantastic. Having- it's not a problem. I appreciate y'all for coming on. How y'all been holding up out there in California since out the Rona is shutting everything down?
2: It's been a little crazy, man. I ain't gonna lie. You know, look, no, see, she over there coughing. (laughs) Got me looking at her side eye. I'm like, look, okay, she gonna sleep outside? Um, No, (laughs) no. You know, it's funny. It's it's the Rona's been interesting because. I'll just put it this way. The other day, I went to go grab some food. Uh, there was this, this Wings place. So I placed the order, and they had curbside pickup. You can't go inside to get it, but you got to stay on the curb, and they'll bring it out to you. So I pulled up, and then, you know, our direction is you got to put on a mask when you go outside or interact with people. And it just dawned on me. I'm like, here am, I'm a black man pulling up to this restaurant, putting on a mask. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this is not cool. I'm like, if, if, if it was any other time. <laughs> It would have been something crazy. That's
0: funny. Man, I have to I have to agree with you on that because it's like I was here in Florida and um and I had to do the same thing. I had to put the mask on and stuff to go into grocery stores and stuff. I'm like, this don't feel right. I'm I'm walking around with it just to cooperate, but I'm not saying to myself, this don't feel right.
2: Nah, not at all, not at all. And I'm like, and if nothing else, why if I got the mask on, how come I'm the one getting the money? That's what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> so wait you didn't pay for it already you didn't um
2: <laughs> no nah, i did i did no yeah you pay uh actually no she took my card as a matter of fact no at this spot they came out got the card and then did it. i didn't pay for it online
0: damn that or did you like order ahead
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i know I, yeah i did do that i did that much
0: so what part of California y'all checking in from? Because I've done a lot of podcasts with different people all in, like, seems like they're all in Northern California.
1: Well, we're in Northern California. We're in a little town called Galt, which is right outside of Sacramento in Elk Grove. So. Okay,
0: wow. Interesting. Because I've done a lot of people, podcasters with, I was meeting a lot of people in the San Francisco Bay Area, that area. I was meeting a lot of them.
1: Yeah, no, we're down in a little bit of, in, in the Valley, so. Stay y'all tender. in the wine valley
0: yeah
1: there you go exactly
0: <laughs> nice that's what's up so go ahead let's get into it tell me a little bit about married the married it's a crazy podcast
2: well it's funny um a few years back um we had a thing where her family comes over for christmas and there's about 50 60 strong
0: that come over and Ooh, wow <laughs> right i'm sorry 50 60 strong that's a lot <laughs> that's a lot and that's
2: counting all the crumb snatchers everybody leave a mess everywhere but you know we were joking around and um I got everybody these mugs because prior it, there was a wedding or something that we went to before and a bunch of the fellas were sitting around you know in the bar getting a drink and I looked around the room and it dawned on me that all the fellas in the room with the exception of one everybody had married into to my wife's family and so I raised my glasses I want to call out a toast real quick to all the fellas so everybody got the glasses and I was like, I want to congratulate everybody for marrying into crazy. And we all busted up laughing and it became a little thing. So we got mugs at Christmas and when everybody came around, they thought, Oh, okay, you got jokes. And so it just kind of lingered for a little bit, like a family joke. And then, but we've counseled people. We've gone through a lot in our marriage where if you listen to the podcast, like episode, episode five, we go into how, before we got married, when we got engaged, my wife's ex-boyfriend, um, broke into her house while I was there and attacked her. And I ended up getting stabbed through my heart. Uh, the knife went all the way through. And when we start from there, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened. But when you get past all that, we've counseled a lot of couples based on our experience of going through adversity, um, you know, making things, getting through divorce, all of that. And people kept saying, oh, you guys should be counselors. You should coach me. You should do it professionally. And we thought, well, no. Nah. So we thought we'll do a podcast. And that podcast just naturally became called Married into Crazy.
1: Yeah, initially it was just the Snooks and Lovey show, but you know, Married into Crazy, like Lovey said, has always been his thing. He's very proud of the fact that <laughs> he says he married into crazy, but I believe I also married into crazy. So um, it, we put a positive spin on, you know, crazy. A lot of people hear, oh, crazy. That's not very nice, but a lot of people also be, agree with Leah. They married in crazy too, you know, so um, we just made, it's just kind of became a theme for us.
2: Yeah. And for those that are like, well, I don't like that. The spin on the word crazy actually stands for an acronym and it's, it's all the letters of crazy stands for compassionate, real,
1: accountable, zealous and yielding.
2: And so each one of those wow. a
0: component, yeah. That is amazing. Now, y'all have sounded like y'all have been through a lot of things together. So, I got to say more power to you, Mr. Kaysen, because you stayed with her even after the ex-boyfriend attacked you.
2: Right. No, I I just got to put it out there. It wasn't like I was getting beat down. You know, it was... See, there goes Rona with the Rona. Whatever. But, um, no, it was one of those things where... Um, we were invested. It's funny. We met on a blind date.
1: It wasn't a date, though.
2: Anyway, we we, we we argue over that.
1: It wasn't a date. When you Okay, when you go on a date, you agree to go on the date and to meet the person. We were set up, and I was not made aware that Lovey was going to be at the Christmas party until about an hour before, so it wasn't like it was a date, so don't keep calling it a date. It wasn't a date.
2: She's right, and, and she threw my number away when her friends were giving it to her. I threw her number away when my friends were, we had mutual friends that were trying to put us together, okay. but we were both not in a didn't meet anyone. She obviously was getting out of a, a bad relationship or had been out of a bad relationship with this guy. And I was coming out of a horrible relationship where I just, we were both, we weren't in that space. So we were tricked into meeting each other. And this is the truth. She kept getting up telling everybody at this. Oh my
1: gosh, no, it's not. He loves to say this. It was not like that. Yes, I did tell him I said he was a nerd because he was nerdy, so I did say that, but I didn't get up and go to every table and be like, the dude that's sitting with me, he's a bit of a nerd, so it didn't happen that way. So, just putting that out there because Lovey loves to say, yeah, she's telling everybody. She kept getting up telling
2: everybody. 23 years in. I still got people (laughs) coming up telling me I remember when she said that you was a nerd.
1: No, you don't. don't. So
2: anyway, um, that's how it started. And then four months later, we got engaged. Wow. She went from, this is not my type. We were engaged. And that's when dude kind of lost it. Like, I guess he always thought that he had an opportunity to make a comeback. And it, it just didn't happen in that way. And he got drunk. His boys were egging him on. He came over attacked her. Um, we got into it and right before he ran out, ended up getting stabbed and long story short two open heart surgeries later. Um, we just, I was all in and she was too. Now our families, you know, that, that was a little different story.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, that was very, that was very trying. You know, you think that after the stabbing and, um, what we went through that we would be able to deal with anything, but, when you have outside influences, um, kind of not predicting your what's going on, but having a big say and a big influence on your relationship, it it, can, it gets to be too much. So on our fourth anniversary, we were out to dinner. I told, stop it. I told Lovey that I wanted a divorce. And um, what, what was that? That was January. So, yeah, February, it, May, March 1st. He was going to be moving out that weekend, but I got laid off and we stayed together.
2: So it was one of those things where I couldn't leave. Well, she still wanted me to leave. And I was like, nah, you you just lost your job. So we're going to stick it out. We'll just be roommates, whatever the case may be. And we ended up.
1: We did counseling. We did
2: counseling. Then we started just dating again and just rediscovering. And then I also had to step up because I had some issues with. I was trying to please my mother. Still, I was trying to, you know, please my wife and you can't, you you can't serve two people. And so I finally just said enough's enough and kind of took that stand. And it showed her that I was willing to kind of invest and and become the man I'm supposed to be. And we grew from there. It it was, it didn't happen overnight. It was a lot of prayer, a lot of arguing, a lot of crying, a lot of growth on both of our parts. And we just grew from there. And it's funny from that point on we became stronger than we could have ever imagined. And now it's like, we're best friends. We're, we're 23 years in now to the marriage, 24 years together.
0: Wow. Uh, that is a lot. I want to thank y'all for sharing that story before we even continue. Cause not a lot of couples are willing to tell their story and to share their story. Um, so I thank you all for just sharing that story. So in those twenty three years what what was it that just kept y'all going that kept y'all wanting to be together uh
2: taxes <laughs> <laughs> no no uh, you know it's funny I joke a lot, but it was just that we we genuinely after that first that fourth year um uh, I will say that that year five was probably the most difficult time period ever uh four going into five but once we turned the corner, and it was, it was gradual, we were committed to, I, I guess, the, the commitment of marriage. Once we, we, we had to stay together because of the finances, because I, I didn't want her to be alone um, with our kids in a house or what have you. She definitely wasn't going to let me leave with them. And no, I wasn't. we just, I don't know, it was one of those things where we turned the, we turned the corner and she was like, you know what, let's, let's continue to press on. And we did. We started dating. We started meeting at like my my, my dad's house. Um, like we worked relatively close to each other, even though we lived together. we would meet at my dad's house in the backyard to have lunch or at a restaurant.
1: yeah for, for me, it was um I had to just take it every day, just one day at a time, one day at a time, and like lovey was saying, it wasn't anything that happened overnight it was um it was it was very I was very lonely. At that time, even though we had two kids, and he was here, and you know my nine thousand family members, but within the marriage i was I just felt so i i I felt alone, but I also felt like <laughs> I felt like the Lord was like, "Okay, first of all, I told you not to go through with saying you wanted to leave because in the back of my mind and in my spirit, I knew that i wasn't in the I wasn't in the right frame of mind, you know." That's what that, that saying of don't do anything. Don't make any big decisions with when you're emotional. That's so true because I was emotional and I was like, that's it. I've had it. I'm done. So I felt like the Lord was like, okay, I told you, you know, and even, and I was like, okay, Lord, I know I'm, I'm praying every day saying, you know, your will be done. Your will be done. Well, it wasn't his will. I I know that it wasn't his will for us to just depart because we had, well, finding out later, you know, we had a job to do, which is what we're doing now with married into crazy to tell other people our story and how we were able to get through, you know, and and, and be able to stay together. But I just had to remember, okay, um, I I made a commitment to my husband, I made a commitment to my children, I made a commitment to the Lord that this is what I this is what I prayed for because before we were married, before we even got real deep, I it was just. I said, okay, I'm tired of, I don't want to be in a relationship. You know, you have all the euphoric emotions and you're so in love. And then the next thing you know, you drop off a cliff and you hit rock bottom. I, I don't want to waste my time. I want, if this is the guy, I need to know that this is the guy. Cause I, I don't need all that fluff and stuff can go. I need to know. <laughs> so I was at work one day and I was talking to my friend and I said, you know, um, I, I feel like I need to pray. And she was like, okay. And I was telling her what I just shared, you know, I want to know that this is the guy, this is it. So I, we said a prayer and I walked back to my desk and Lovey had called me on the, on the, and left a message for me on the answer machine and everything that I prayed about, he spoke to. And I was like, okay, that's it. You know? So the, I felt like the Lord was like, Reminding me of those things this is what you prayed for this is you know i gave you the answers i didn't say it was easy but but i was in my flesh and my feelings i was like nope mm-mm, i'm done so like he said it wasn't an overnight thing to get back to that spot it was just something every day i just made the decision that okay Rana, you know this is what you pray for so you need to keep it moving and before i realized it my feelings had changed and It's like I woke up one day and I was like, oh, that's the guy again, you know, so. That's
0: real. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this is liquor talk. If you don't know, now you know. Pour you up some liquor because I'm telling you, the more you drink, the better this podcast is going to (laughs) sound, ladies and gentlemen. This is the exclusive round with the married into crazy podcast duo holding it down out of California. They on with your boy today. So let's talk about a little bit more about these episodes. Let's start with the most recent episode called the marriage audit. So, why this sounds like something people need to do often in their relationships. So, how exactly do you audit your relationships?
1: Well, it's like when you're with your taxes, you gather your data basically and you plug it in. How am I doing here? What can I do better there? What did I do here? And you, you decide on, are, does it need improvement? Is it good? Are you great? Or is it average? Or are you phenomenal? Because the end goal is to be phenomenal. Just like at the end of the day, the end goal for taxes is not to oh, not to have to pay. You always want to come out positive. So what are you doing in your relationship that's going to give you that positive or going to keep you in the negative? So you make some adjustments for if you're negative or, you know, you're not at the phenomenal level. Okay, so what do I need to do to become phenomenal? And you, you adjust or you make the change.
2: Hey, Amen. And it's, you know, the way we set it up is that, and it's a free, uh, it's a free tool that's available on our website. And when you actually go there and, and you look at it, it's going to show you that there's five columns. And it lines up with what we talk about, crazy. There's a line for compassionate. There's a line for real, accountable zealous and yielding and each one of those like she said it goes from a rating of needs improvement all the way to phenomenal now you're not going to jump from average to phenomenal it's, it's going to be a little step work right so you're going to go from needs improvement to good you know um to average you know so it's, it's going to progress in that respect so we just say that often i think often you don't have to do it once a year but you should kind of take some inventory of how you're doing in your relationship because if you're not checking in with each other you know that's tough if you're not checking in with yourself that's even worse because then it's like you don't give it give a rip so i don't know it's it's one of those things that i think should happen more often than not we threw it out there as a way seeing as how this is well would have been tax season if it wasn't for the rona and people would have been sending them checks in on uh the day that we release which is usually a wednesday
0: yes that's definitely real um People, y'all, need to do check ins on your marriage, relationships, whatever it is. Y'all definitely need to check in, make sure everything's up to par. Now, just from you guys observing other, like other couples, like couples that are coming up in today's generation, what is the main thing you guys are noticing? What's like the major thing you guys are noticing?
1: like the major good or major bad or
0: what do you... Well, mean? we could do major good and major bad. What's the major good thing y'all have seen in, today's millennials generation when it comes to marriage and relationships and what's some bad you guys are noticing within the millennial generation?
1: Um...
2: I would I'll, say... Go ahead.
1: You go. i I do bad. You do good.
2: Well, I'll just say bad, but... <laughs> well, the one thing I, I will say is that the latest generation, they're more open. Um these younger folk, I, I sound old now, but these, <laughs> these the millennials are are open to conversation, right? They're, because I believe they're coming up in social media. They're used to kind of putting everything out there. They're, you know, insta everything. They don't mind sharing what's on their mind. So they, they don't have an issue with at least being open with information. But the challenge with, I think just about every relationship is still communication. Now imagine being open and yet, not communicating they're being open in the respect that they share everything on facebook instagram snapchat tiktok what have you but that when it comes to an intimate setting where they're supposed to be sit down and talk with each other that's where they're lacking skills is the one-on-one
1: i i think that um a lot of it a lot of relationships are it's superficial in a sense um and that might come from so much of the social media because with the with the social media you only get to see the surface you don't really get to get deep down and and see deep within and then also i also see that they seem to give up quicker you know mm. i think that they're used to oh having it now now or oh, i i need it um i need this fixed right away and if i can't get it fixed right away then I, just forget it it's too much work so i I've, I've seen that a lot too where you just, there's, there's more throwing your hands up than there is, okay, and I don't mean in a good way, throwing them up, you know. Um, like, I'm just gone. That's kind of the, the attitude. Oh, I'll just go over here, or I'll just do this. And it's like, okay, well, no, let's, let's sit down and let's talk, and let's see where we can fix it before you walk away.
2: I agree with that, because so, it's so easy to swipe left or swipe right. They think they can do that with their relationships to a certain extent as well. It's like, oh, just swipe, move on to the next. That's not how it's supposed to be built. And the nice thing is this generation, because they are so open that it's not as difficult to bridge it, you know, to to really create a bridge from that openness to understanding the concept of
0: investment and and spending time. Yes, and that's very real and I'm saying, um yeah, our open generation, it seems like they're a lot open, but then you got a lot of people that are just ready to cancel people or after every little mistake. Well, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, that's not, that's not how it should go.
1: That's right. That's exactly right.
2: Yeah, there's got to be room for mistakes.
0: Always, because you're going to make mistakes, you know what I'm saying? It's something to learn from and something to build on and it brings y'all
1: together. Yeah, Exactly.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Liquor Talk, the exclusive round. So, why do you feel like people are starting to blame the issues on the Rona? <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's funny. So, okay, so the previous episode, there's a lot of stuff where, because everybody's stuck indoors, right? So, when you go to work, you've got your routine, you're set up, you go about doing whatever it is you're doing. It, 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 you have a limited amount of time together, unfortunately. So you have a married couple or a person that's in a relationship, you're living together, what have you, you got your stuff set up. You go to work, you get up, you got your routine, you get off, you might go hang out with your friends or you might have some organizations you belong to. You come home, you might invest an hour or so in each other and you think it's all good. Now the Rona comes and you got shelter in place. And now you are sitting there across these tables staring at each other for eight plus hours. And you're like, okay, so if there were some issues, they were buried. And now you're being forced to have to deal with it.
1: Well, and also, no one likes to take blame for their own part of whatever, you know. So it's always easier to blame it on something. Well, that that thing was there all along. It just so happens to be that the Rona is the thing that brought it out. So let's blame that, you know. No, it's not. It's not the Rona. It's it's you. It's just that you just happen to come out your true self. Maybe your true um, whatever you had going on just happened to come out during the um, pandemic so you say well it's this fault or it's the Rona's fault or if it wasn't for the Rona I wouldn't be well that's that's good or bad I mean now you know what you need to work on you know so that's what I think
0: yeah, yeah so what do y'all think couples need to be during this time doing during this time of the quarantine mm-hmm. to you know work on these issues or to come closer together instead of coming out with domestic violence charges or a a breakup, you know?
1: Well, the audit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The audit helps. Uh, But you know what? Honestly, it's, 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 it's an opportunity to rediscover what you had to begin with. At some point she was amazing. She looked good to you. She, you couldn't wait to have that conversation with her. Same thing with him. She couldn't wait to talk to him or see what his opinion was or what have you. And life has a way of mudding the waters. And here's an opportunity. As bad as the coronavirus is, and don't get me wrong, I don't want to lessen this. I know there's deaths, there's sickness, there's a lot of loss that's taken place across the United States. Um, but it's also an opportunity to do a reset on your relationship, to slow it down and get back to basics.
1: And, and really talk about maybe there's been something that's been going on uh, that, you, that you've you been afraid to talk about, or you felt that you didn't have time to talk about. Now is the time to really work on the communication. Okay. Well, I, I'm not going anywhere and you're not going anywhere. So let's talk, let's have a conversation and let's iron out some of these issues that we've been kind of sweeping under the rug and go from there. So that when we are able to go back out again, we're, we're stronger together.
2: Right. So, We do a lot of coaching, and one of the things that I like to set up is I I really advise people to set the intention. And when you're going back to basics and going to have these conversations, make sure you have a a really good intention going in. When I say set the intention, it's kind of an acronym where the S really stands for understand the sacrifice that you're going to put forth in this relationship, because every relationship requires sacrifice. Also, the E stands for understand what you're going to earn in this as well. What do you have to gain? and sitting down and having this conversation. There is something to earn. The tea is about n- recognizing that you're part of a team. You're not in this by yourself and that you can actually end up coming out better at the end of this coronavirus because you as a team, you and your loved one should be a united front. So set the intention of the conversation that you're gonna have and going back to basics. You can do that either with the audit that we have, that is a free tool that's on our website, but then you can also do the, we have a married into crazy assessment. It's a disc assessment that you can actually utilize. And that's, we made that free for everyone as well. And these are things that we used to charge for, but this is a free tool that we offer just to help people because we want, our main thing is to make sure that couples are gonna stay together. Now, barring any craziness.
1: Yeah, any
2: abuse. No, no, no abuse, You know, no, no physical abuse, financial abuse, psychological abuse, emotional. emotional. I mean, barring any of that craziness, get back to basics and be with each other. Cause I think that you're together for a reason. And if it's for the right reasons, it's worth rediscovering and moving forward. Yeah. You can come out better than the way you entered this, this COVID-19 season.
0: Yes, that's the goal. If you don't come out better just from either listening to this podcast or listening to their podcast or doing, like I said, going to their website and utilizing the tools then you don't need to be in a relationship because I really do feel like there are people out there that are just lazy and don't want to make it work. They say, oh, I want a relationship, but don't want to put the work in. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to put the work in, in order to make the relationship work. That's right. So now talk to me about a little bit, about going back to you guys for a minute, what were some of the low points that y'all had to deal with and how did y'all just fight through those low points?
2: Well, I think one of the major low points is that when you look at our relationship, we talk about me getting stabbed. We talk about um, the open heart surgeries, all the things that I had to deal with. One of the low points is that people look at the victim, but they don't look at the collateral damage. And the collateral damage was my wife, It was Snooks. People were so concerned about my well-being that there was a disparity of concern or caring that she didn't receive. And they forget that, while I was recovering, there was somebody that had to be here to wipe my butt because I couldn't reach it, <laughs> you know, because of the surgery. There had to be somebody that had to deal with, you know, portions of my family that said that they weren't coming to our wedding. They were going to boycott because they still felt like there was something going on. Um, one of the major issues was that trust that had to be rebuilt, and it bled over into her trust of me. Like why wasn't I? converting them or or making them understand that was one of the major things
1: um and yeah like kind of like love you saying when when you um one of the low points is when you're in a relationship like we talked about being a team but a low point is when you're in a relationship and you just feel alone or you feel like you're by yourself um and you got to fight everybody you know it's not um It doesn't really work very well, and it does make you feel some kind of way. If I'm if I'm be by myself, if I feel by myself, I might as well just be by myself, you know. Um, Learning how to trust each other, learning how to retrust each other, I should say, and even um, this from that that thing created so many trust issues. It 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 wasn't just about oh the stabbing part. It went into um, the financial part of it, it went into the rearing of the kids, it, it touched on every area and aspect of our lives. And so we had to really sit down there and, and look at it for what it really was like, Oh, okay, this, oh, this goes all the way back to that. So oh, okay, yeah, well, I didn't think you were doing this, you didn't do me justice here. And you know, he could say the same thing about, um about me, you know, so Those were the, our biggest things was trust and communication. Those were the, those are, those have been hard to, to deal with in, in the relationship, in the relationship, I should say.
2: True. And I I think another thing is, which I think is very common in most relationships is that when you enter a relationship, you're entering as an individual, right. As a very independent person and within our community, you know, we, like we have two girls and a son and we raised our daughters to be extremely independent. Um, God bless the men that that will be in their lives. Mm -hmm. And it's hard when you have two very independent people coming together that have been raised to be independent, standing there on two feet to come together and then learn how to submit to each other, not submit in the way that, oh, you do what I say, but submit in the respect of I'm going to stop being an individual and now I'm going to be part of that team and we're going to move forward together, which means that we need to counsel each other. We need to listen to each other. We need to be invested in each other. That was extremely difficult because there's times where ego gets in the way. And you're like, well, what? You're not going to tell me I'm strong. I, mm-hmm. you know, she's telling me, you know, I'm a strong. One. My mama raised me to do. I'm like, look, I'm not talking about your mama, but now it's time for us to move forward. And I think a lot of relationships have that same issue is leaving the individual behind. Not your individual personality, but the individualness. And moving together as a couple. You can still maintain your individuality, but be together and move forward.
0: Yes, that's definitely real. That is very possible in relationships, but like I said, you got to work at it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Looker Talk podcast. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. And thank you all for subscribing. Thank you all for the support. We really do appreciate it here. Getting back to your podcast. So what would you say was your favorite episode to record?
1: <laughs> oh man. Um gosh, what was our we have, favorite episode? We
2: have, we have several. I, I know one of my one of the one of the first ones that was a lot of fun for me and I don't remember the actual number. There's one called Full of Hot Air. Oh, oh
1: that's my favorite. That's that my favorite? favorite. That's my favorite. My favorite episode is the Full of Hot Air. Because we talk about going to a hot air balloon and I just it it was more fun. It was funny because, you know, Lovey's, um, how do I describe Lovey? Lovey. <laughs> <laughs> Lovey.
2: You said I was rigid. But, um,
1: yeah, he's very rigid. So. She
2: tells, like, we're telling a story about what happened when we took our granddaughters to, and our daughters to, um, this hot air. See
1: the hot air balloons.
2: And it was just fun. It was just, it, that one's a good one. Um, One of my favorites was also the more tragic ones. Episode five, when we were talking about uh, winter is coming, Mm -hmm. the story of when I got stabbed. There's another episode where we talk about the act of forgiveness because I did come across the individual that stabbed me uh, a couple of years later at my place of employment. Oh,
1: yeah. At your place of employment.
0: Wait, what? That person wanted to arrest Oh,
2: he was arrested. (laughs) But Oh, that's a story. So what happened was when the police came, And first off, it was like something you see off television where they take they rush me off to the hospital. um, And the last thing I remember hearing before I woke up was possible D.O.A. And next thing I know, I wake up and I'm intubated. But that night he ended up um, just like on TV. He went somewhere else, went to a friend's house. They tapped the phone line at Snook's house and he called and they traced the line and actually went and found him. So he got arrested. But while the prosecution tried to charge him with attempted murder, he he said that it was um, he lashed out in self-defense because he thought I was going to kill him. Uh, it was kind of one sided until they pulled me off of him. And when he got when he was getting up is when he stabbed me. And then her her cutlery said, I don't know. OK, look, look, I'll be let's just keep it real. The way I grew up, the way.
1: My wife grew up. It was a standard knife set.
2: It was not a It was a cutlery set. If you look in a knife drawer, it's got all kinds of different knives. It's not like a really nice set. It's got like it's made up of like five, six different pieces. Something you got from your auntie's house, whatever. So there were so many different pieces. He say it. He said that when I was on top of him, hitting him and you know beating him up, that he reached out on the ground and there happened to be a serrated steak knife on the ground in the hallway, and that's what he reached out with. And it wasn't premeditated. They were saying that he brought the knife with him, but they couldn't match the knife. It wasn't like she had like one cutlery set. And then this one knife was different. She had multiple um, pieces to the cutlery set. So it was plausible that perhaps his story might have been true that he, he reached out and miraculously found a steak knife lying on the floor in the hallway.
1: I don't know who has knives laying around on their floor, but it wasn't me, so I don't know.
2: But it created reasonable doubt, so what he was charged with was not um, attempted murder. It was aggravated assault.
1: or Something like that, yeah.
2: And so at some point, he ended up getting out early and ended up becoming a courier because he couldn't go back to his regular um, uh, uh, occupation. So... I'm doing, I was teaching a class. I worked for an insurance company at the time and I was teaching a class of new hires and the hair on the back of my neck went up and I rush out. I just had like the spider sense, so to speak, I run out there and I see this dude walking out and it looks like, man, I could swear that's the guy. And I'm like, but I would have been notified through the victims of violent crimes or whatever that he would have been paroled, made a couple of phone calls, got a hold of a, a friend of mine's um, stepdad was an attorney. He made some phone calls. Turns out dude was released early and they didn't let anybody know. So figured there's probably no way. I mean, what are the odds, right? That This guy's going to show up to my job of all places. So three weeks go by. Spider sense goes off again. This time I run out and I confront him. It's like just standing like right in front of each other. And we had a conversation and I was like, what are you doing here? And he was like, well, I couldn't get a job. I'm a courier. I didn't know you worked here. I don't want any beef. You know, I'll, I'll quit my job. And I was like, nah, you're here for a reason. So right there in the middle of this big insurance company, we actually ended up saying a prayer. I told him that I forgive him and um, we embraced, said a prayer. And I told him, I don't want to be your friend. I'm not looking to, you know, for us to cross paths. But apparently God has is, is spared your life just like he spared mine. So do what you're meant to do. I'm going to do what I'm meant to do. And we haven't seen or heard from each other since.
0: Wow, that that's amazing, right there. I, it's like I have the heart to forgive, but it's like the the crazy side <laughs> of me says get your <laughs> revenge. So you you bad than me in that sense, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because uh, if I if I ran to somebody that tried to take my life, man, listen, maybe that's the Florida in me coming out, you know what I'm saying? But uh, you, you got a big heart and we grateful that your life was spared and you're doing great things with the podcast. Now let's take it back to the top of the year, rent or own your relationship. What I did not know there's a thing as such as renting or owning your relationship. What <laughs> elaborate on that. A little we were bit. talking
2: about the, uh, the, the mindset, the mindset of rent or own. So when you actually rent, more times than not you know so who if you okay so do you rent or do you own okay so if you rent and something goes wrong let's say the water heater goes out whatever who do you call yeah (laughs) our landlord you call the landlord right so now but now on the flip side you own your house and the water heater goes out what you got to do
0: Uh, you got called a uh, maintenance man or a repair man. Somebody, somebody. But, come that, repair but at that point, it it's on you, right? So
2: either right. Yeah. So the the your whole pocket the concept behind that particular podcast was it's the mindset. Do you rent or do you own your relationship? If you rent your relationship, if something's wrong, something goes haywire, whatever, that's like, phew. okay, like we talked about earlier, swipe left, swipe right. I'm not going to deal with it. But from an ownership standpoint, it's like you dig in. It's like, well, if it's going to get fixed, it's up to me
1: and in the ownership you take you know you value it you don't mistreat it you don't just like oh it doesn't matter if I put a hole in the wall because I'm moving anyway you don't just pack up and just leave you sit there and okay this is my home I ain't got nowhere else to go so I have to fix it so in our relationships when we take it like we think about that if there's an issue we need to fix it so that everything is it's working right it's 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 correct it's it's our responsibility i can't just say uh, you know what i don't feel like doing this i'm just going up and go i i have to act like i own this
0: how do you know when it's time to fight for a relationship or to both part ways
2: well there's this little voice that each and every one of us has you know inside of us where you know when you've stayed too long or you're fighting for the wrong thing. You know that little voice when you know you're doing wrong, but you're doing it anyway, and and it tells you not to? The same thing goes for relationships. When you know that you've been there too long, if this person is just not the right one for you, you know, versus when you know that you're in the wrong, it's like, okay, you know what? I'm in the wrong. You know it's not that person's fault. You got to listen to that little voice. But you also have to recognize that if there's any kind of abuse that's going on, we're talking some, you know, aberrant behavior where it's uh, physical abuse, mental abuse, verbal abuse, financial abuse, psychological. If something's going on where it's it's strictly predatory type behavior that's taking place, that's when you've got to just you got to break away.
1: But also, I I feel like too, um, the conversation you you have to think about for me, the conversations that you've had, the time that you've all spent together, what has that been like? Are you on two different levels? Are you looking at one thing? And are you looking at the same thing, I should say, but seeing it totally different? And in in you're seeing it different is what is the compromise like? How is the, I don't know, the conversations go, the feelings and you know, do are you there for what? What are the reasons behind being there? Well, I'm gonna stay because of this. Well, I'm gonna stay because if it's anything besides I'm gonna stay because he's worth it or she's worth it, and we're worth it together. Then maybe that's when you decide that maybe this ain't this isn't right.
2: You know, and the most common challenge, and I, and we don't we don't speak on this lightly you know, so I hope no one takes it the wrong way, but the most common challenge is, well, we stay together for the children. And the problem with that is that, because I grew up in a um, home, my, my parents were divorced when I was two. And my dad is, you know, had four wives. My my, my mother's had three um, before she passed away.
0: Three husbands. Uh, yes. Sorry for your loss. <laughs> uh you. Uh,
2: and, but it's one of those things where, the child, if you stick together just for the kid, but it's a very toxic environment, what are you really teaching the child?
0: Toxic.
2: Exactly. You're teaching them how to tolerate the poison. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you have to recognize that either your relationship is a positive thing or it's a negative thing. And to what extent is it
1: negative? Yeah, I agree with that.
0: That's real. That's definitely real. So what is something y'all wish y'all knew about marriage before y'all got married?
2: <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that's a good one um, that's funny no one's asked us that
1: I, um, go go ahead. Ahead. <laughs> I was just thinking I, I don't want to say well I guess maybe about how how much work it takes um, because when you're a child because okay, my parents were also divorced my mom um, my mom and my dad I was eight when they divorced and so my, my dad's been married three times and my mom been married twice so i think just the amount of work and and what the work maybe consists of because as a child you just see oh mom dad you get up whatever the usual stuff you do around the house but you don't know about the conversations as far as you know the finances and 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 those type of the grown-up type of conversations that you have um i always thought that all you need to do is be in love and, and, and that will work itself out. Everything works out But I I wish that I probably would have known that it's going to require some sweat, some tears, maybe some blood. I don't know, but you know (laughs) um, that it, it, it takes hard work, you know?
2: That's true. And I think for me, the thing that I, I think I would have wanted to, to understand is that that part of that work, I guess is to have a better understanding of what compromise really meant that yielding part that compromise didn't mean that you state your opinion and she's supposed to come over to your side or you wait till they finish talking. Um, so you can state your piece, but that compromise was the, the meeting of minds the coming together for a common goal. And if I understood that better, I think that cause my, by nature, I've been a bit of a bull. One of those individuals that, you know, I figure I'll get my way. Uh, very competitive in athletics. Uh, my entire life. And so it was one of those things where if you want your way, you got to push through. And I think I applied that same logic to our relationship early on.
1: He still does that.
2: Only to the children. <laughs> and I
1: feel like understanding
2: what compromise truly was would have alleviated a lot of problems we had
0: early on. So I think that, that would be mine. That's real. That's definitely real. And I have the group with both of y'all and, and also I can definitely relate being a single male because i had parents that didn't stay together you know what i'm saying because my mom my mom dad never got married and i've seen my mom get married twice and i don't think my dad ever got married so i can definitely feel y'all on the part of um, witnessing the relationships and stuff so and let's talk about to whom much is given much is required why do you feel like not a lot of people understand that concept
1: because i i i think for most a lot of people it's all about what do i get what's in it for me um and there's never even the, the reciprocity is not um i don't want to say they don't know about it but it's it's always if i i have my hand out and i i'm looking for someone to give me something um i don't think about what i have to i have to do for it or how much i should give back for it or Um, taking, about taking care of other people.
2: And and honestly, there's the concept of responsibility, right? People think, okay, once you acquire something, I want something. I want to acquire this. I want to acquire that. I want to go. And when you actually receive something, you think, okay, that's the end of it. And it's, it's not, you don't receive something and then put it up up on a shelf. Same thing with your relationship. When you pray for, wish for, hope for that, that particular individual to come into your life or a type of person to come into your life. It doesn't stop there. At that point, the responsibility remains to nurture that relationship, to grow that person, to be, you know, the, the, the reciprocal of that individual, meaning that just as you're supposed to lift each other up, the responsibility doesn't stop there. And I think sometimes people just have a tendency to just figure, OK, well, we're here. We got the relationship. Now let's put it on the shelf and things will take care of itself. It's not. It's a responsibility.
0: Yes, it's a responsibility and it's constant. It's consistent work. Sense? Yes, it makes a lot of sense. And I feel like a lot of people, especially in my generation, um, from what I'm seeing is like they they just, when it, times get tough, it's up and swipe left and go find somebody new. <laughs> and then you find out the grass is not greener on the other side. So you're back swiping again and
1: then That's you're right. looking
0: up, wondering <laughs> what happened and you find, come to find out the one that was supposed to be for you you swiped you swiped left on them years ago because of some dumbness so
2: yeah oh yeah you know people don't realize that you, you use that phrase you know um in the grass greener on the other side people don't realize that yeah the grass is greener but guess what made it green a bunch of manure so they got just as much shit on the side of, yes. on that side of the fence as you do yours but it's they just took care of it a little bit better or they they stayed with it a little bit longer
0: or so they like, managed measure-
2: same amount of manure. Same amount of manure,
0: or maybe they just managed to dress it up and make it look really better to make it seem like it's better when it's, some. in case some cases, it's worse.
2: Right. <laughs> that part. That is. You know, these instant relationships. <laughs> really? Hey, you okay over there? <laughs> 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 right. Look, I'm about to tell her to put on a mask. What <laughs>
1: Look, love, lovey's—he can make fun of me because he gets to stay home, um, and work from home. I have to still go in. So, if I got something, it's not my fault.
0: Hey, we appreciate you for we still having to. What you talking about? Okay, we appreciate you for having this, still. This is one while.
2: of them times. There ain't no community state here. <laughs> go
0: ahead. I was saying uh, we do appreciate your podcast, and you guys wish you guys would have known before you got started.
2: I think, so I take the helm when it comes to the
0: podcasting piece.
2: Um, I think the main thing I would have liked to have known is that how much work it is. Um, on Not the, the podcast itself. That part's easy. It's the, the marketing, the getting it out there, talking to people, and trying to increase engagement. Um, that's the hard part. But, you know, but we love doing it because we're sharing our story and, and teaching. You know, it's a form of edutainment. So that part we really like. But I think it's just the maintenance of it and making sure that you get it in front of people where it can make a difference in individuals'
0: lives. Yes, that's definitely real. Because I go through the same thing as well, trying to get the engagement and stuff and trying to get the marketing and talking to people. What I'm finding more is it seems like other podcasters are more willing to be engaged with you than other people uh, like regular audience members so
2: that's true I think it's because we belong to a community it's like like it or not we're we're part of the club now right so it's we'll do what it takes to people I think gravitate towards people that are going through similar things and I think that podcasters have a tendency to want to help each other out because you recognize what everybody's going through
0: yes that's that's definitely real now, what's something you guys want generally want people to gain from your podcast, from listening to your podcast?
1: Well, I mean, the podcast is it's about it's it's about married into crazy about us, but also just take a, the takeaways are um, learning how to or getting an idea of how to be in a relationship. Maybe taking a couple nuggets that we put out and saying, "Oh." You know that could apply to me, or oh, that happens at my house. Maybe I could try this, or oh, maybe it's not so bad you know i i tell I tell people i think i've I've been in love or since I was um four before I even knew what romance and what love was about. that has always just been innately in me, so I love love, I love when I see people in love, and so I want to be around people who are you know, I said, be around like-minded people. So I want to be around people who have the type of relationship that Lovey and I have. Um, And and that's kind of what, that's what my thing is about the podcast. We share ourselves, but we also share a little bit about maybe how to overcome certain things or how to deal with certain things so that when you find that one, you can be with that one and and you know that everything is, is fixable. You know, you can fix it. Or we can you can make it work, and and if you can't, and you see the signs that you can't, then move out. What swipe right? What sw- how do you say? It? Swipe it right. So sorry. Swipe left. Like love. <laughs> <laughs> and, and,
2: I'm so happy she does not know. I am so happy she does not know. But yeah.
1: make room for the person who is meant to be with you. Make room for um, the person you're meant to be with, or or whatever you know.
2: Right. And it's like mar- go ahead. Now to say marriage is, is like. When you enter a marriage, um, it's like a forest, right? it's this this vast thing. When you're looking at it from a distance, it looks beautiful. And it's like, oh, I can't wait to go in it. But once you get in the forest, it's so easy to get lost. And it's like that old story of Hansel and Gretel. What do they do to actually find their way through the forest? It was they drop breadcrumbs. And I see our web or not not our website, but our, our podcast as a way of leaving breadcrumbs for other people that come after us to find their way and navigate through marriage. And I'm not saying that our answers are the only answers. It's just our perspective and how we were able to navigate some of the challenges and the triumphs that are associated with our relationship. If it benefits others, fantastic. It can be a cautionary tale in some ways, but it can also be a lot of illumination. And so it's, it's a lot of breadcrumbs. And right now there's 84 breadcrumbs that we've laid out for other people to, to use to, to navigate.
0: That's real. That's real. Hey, eh? I hope y'all get to a hundred because y'all got y'all got to really celebrate once y'all get to a hundred breadcrumbs. Because that's a that's gonna be a lot of breadcrumbs for some people to um to learn from. Yeah,
1: that's the, yeah, that's that's, that's what we're looking forward that's to. What we're looking forward to exactly.
0: That's real. So, what can a single person, a person that's young and single, they ain't got nobody gain from listening to your podcast.
2: Oh, they they got everything to learn because look, what people don't realize is that, yes, we say we're married into crazy, but this podcast is for anybody in a relationship. So a lot of the things that apply to a marriage relationship, some of the same principles, the things we talk about can be applied to your relationship with your coworker. It can be applied to your relationship with your child. It can also be applied, you know, you take, as a matter of fact, this morning I did a coaching session um, because we, you know, we do marriage coaching and all that as well. But I also, there's some people that reach out just for. Um, some guidance when it comes to their lives. And I, this gentleman's in France. It's a young brother that's from Rwanda, but he's in, um, he's over in France and he's single and he listens to it. There's one of our podcasts that was about um, having a smart relationship, setting smart goals for your relationship. And in our coaching session, he was really diving into how smart goals are helping him with school and he's also just taking notes for when he gets into a relationship that means that much to him about how he can apply it. So there's there's nuggets of wisdom that we both able to impart and we have a lot of fun with it. it's about love laughter and overcoming adversity and that applies to every relationship.
0: That's definitely real. So what is something y'all instructed your kids about when it comes to relationships? Because I know you probably grew up with the questions, mom and dad, what do I do here? What's something, what's some things y'all have very instructed your kids on when it comes to um, relationships?
1: Um, For me, you know, like, like Lovey said, we have a son and we have, and we have two girls. So for my son, I, I tell my son. Well, you you have a great example. You know what to do. You know what not to do because you have it in your home. You see your father. You see how your father treats me. You see how he saw his dad, you know, was with his mom. He sees how his dad treats his daughter, do- treats his sisters. So emulate the good, you know, there's, of course, there are things that we we want to improve on, but I tell my kids, you be kind to other people. Um, don't be a user, be a giver, but don't allow yourself to be used either. You know, be smart about how you go about selecting a partner. Um, have the same type of like-mindedness. Have some goals. Um,
2: one of the things that I go into is be. I wasn't wo- oh, you wasn't done. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, my bad, my bad. Oh. No, one of the things I go, I go into. Is uh, probably one of the most important things is be willing to give what you expect. So, meaning, if forgiveness is important to you, then you have to be willing to give the forgiveness that you seek. If if you want somebody to be a loving, you know, recipient or, or somebody to give to you, then be willing to give the love that you expect to receive. I let every single one of them, all each of them, know that when you do that, you do open yourself up to heartache. It's going to be painful at times, but you can't shut yourself off because of that pain and that when that happens just know that it's making you stronger you're getting some relationship scar tissue that's going to help you kind of navigate it down the road but the bottom line is always going to be be willing to give what you want so if it's forgiveness if it's love if it's compassion if it's being yielding you know being compromised you have to be willing to give what you hope to receive
1: and don't settle either Be very intentional with what you want and what you're willing, like Lovey said, what you're willing to do, but don't settle just for the sake of, oh, well, I might not have anybody or, well, I don't want to be alone. It's better to be alone than to settle in a relationship that's not meant to be or that's not working out.
0: That's definitely real. Now, getting back to y'all now, what's the most romantic place y'all have ever been in y'all state?
1: In our state?
0: Yeah. Ooh. In California. What's the most romantic place y'all have ever been to in the time of y and y'all would strongly recommend couples go check this out?
1: Oh. Uh probably Napa. Yeah, I would say probably, yeah. The wine country <laughs> for sure. Yeah.
2: I'd say the wine country. We went to a place called um... the
1: Sonoma Mission Inn.
2: Oh what so, are you thinking? So we went to, well, we went to the Sonoma Mission Inn. Okay. Uh which is a part of the uh the Fairmont. Um,
1: establishment,
2: yeah. but it was romantic. But we also went to there's this, there's this particular winery called oh. Castillo de Amorosa.
1: Oh, well, okay, that's different because we were there with a bunch of people.
2: Yeah, but uh, they're kind of c- loosely connected. But Castillo de Amorosa is the castle of love. And it's this castle that was actually over in Spain and was brought over brick by brick by the owners and and they rebuilt it over in Napa. And this whole castle was built on the premise of love. There's a dungeon there. so it's, it's got like they they have wine there the whole nine yards. But there's that and I would also say Sonoma Mission Inn, which is a it's a hotel, it's a place that's beautifully um, placed within Sonoma. It's gorgeous. It's it's a wonderful place to go. It's got a spa the whole nine yards. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's real. So what's some things people can look, look to do if they were to travel to see um, our part of California, which is like by Sacramento? Uh,
1: get out Not of San Francisco.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? Downtown Sac has gotten a lot better. Since the Kings redid the, uh, or since they redid downtown Sacramento, it's nice. But realistically, to come to our neck of the woods, if you come to Sacramento, the beauty of this area is that it's so closely ro- located towards everything else. Within an hour and a half of Sacramento, you fly into SAC. uh, Within an hour and a half in any direction, you're hitting something amazing. You you can go up to Lake Tahoe, you can go up to you can drive into Reno, you can go into um, San Francisco, you can get into the Bay Area. You can actually a little bit longer, about maybe two and a half hours, you can get up into Yosemite. Um, You can there's a variety of places. There's mountains. There's all kinds of seasons. There's skiing. There's horseback riding. Um there's water sports, there's lakes. Um uh, it's a really nice place. It's it's really a, a well kept secret. And Sacramento's got a lot of the the amenities that you would expect from a big city without all the hustle and bustle, but still have some of the amenities of a small town.
0: That's real. So what's your favorite food spot that people if they come to Sacramento, they got they definitely have to hit up?
2: Oh a food spot? Oh man. Uh I would say if it was downtown, um, there's a place I want to go. Oh, you know, okay. Is if there's no, there's no limit to how much you spend, then
1: the kitchen. kitchen. Oh yeah.
2: There's this place that called the kitchen in sat that is phenomenal. You get this, you pay this one price and you get like this seven course meal. You can eat as much as you want but it's like it's like being on a um one of those TV shows, one of those cooking shows, where they're preparing the food in front of you and the chef is talking and you can you can get up from your table and walk in the kitchen and watch all of his like eight or nine chefs that are preparing the food. You can walk around, taste the food as they're making it. Um if you decide, oh, you know what, I didn't like the second course, I, I like the third course. I don't even want to try the fourth or the fifth, you can sit there and just eat the same thing all night long.
1: It's amazing. It's a very you talk about an experience, yes. It's a, it's a it's awesome.
2: That's the best experience. If you want to talk about down home, um, some down home food, then then South. There's a place. Oh,
1: yeah, South,
2: Sacramento. Yep, down on J Street, in Sacramento. There's a spot called South. That is, the food is amazing. It's good Southern cooking. You get your brisket, um, you get your barbecue. It is it, good. And the probably the one thing that I really love is the cornbread. You got Ooh. this big old brick of a Jesus. piece of cornbread, sweet cornbread. They put honey and melted butter all over it. It's a meal in itself.
1: But in in wow. in our in our town in Galt, our my our favorite is Streets Lawn. Yes, it's a very small place. But um, what is it called? Streets Streets Lawn. The uh, the street experience.
2: The street food. Yeah, it's like the the street food experience. And this little tiny spot. This dude, this guy named uh, Eric, and Jessica. Eric and Jessica, his wife. They have this spot where it's like it's like. I don't even know what you call it, but it's like street food, but it's in a restaurant and he changes the menu often. You would think you would find it in San Francisco, but it's like in our little country town
1: and people come from
2: all over to check him out. It's amazing.
1: It's amazing. As a matter
2: of fact, this little dude, he went into this major competition for California. It was a burger battle in California. Nobody knew who he was and Eric and Jessica ended up taking top honors and everyone was like, who is this dude? Where do they come from? And he's from the Bay Area, but he set up his restaurant here in Gulf. It's called Streets Line.
0: Yeah. Wow, that's dope. Now, what's y'all favorite brown looker? liquor? Because you know this is called liquor <laughs> talk. So I always like to ask my guests, what's y'all favorite type of liquor if y'all drink?
1: Uh, I'm not a drinker, but I will have some... Um, what is that? Um, Jim Beam, MIT, to make me go to sleep. <laughs>
0: Oh yes, for the bourbon.
2: <laughs> and, I, and I'll tell you, wine is. Um, are you familiar with Uncle Nearest?
0: Uh, isn't that the um, the the founder, the one that that made the recipe for yes, Jack sir. Daniel's? Yes, sir. Oh, that is
2: that is my flavor of the I, month right now. You know, it's funny
0: uh, when I learned about
2: it, I was like, I gotta get one, and I couldn't find it anywhere. I don't care. I went to all the Bevmos. I went to the uh, the what's it? These different wine stores. I went. Everywhere I went, it was on back order because it was getting so hyped up. And then about two weeks ago, I was at Walmart and I was checking out and I was laughing at some alcohol they had behind the counter. And I was like, that looks like paint thinner over there. And the guy was like, yeah, they made it like that. So it looks like paint thinner. And then I look up, they had seven bottles of Uncle Nearest. And I was like, can I get one of those bottles? Because that's on back order everywhere else in this area. And he had no idea what it was, and I have to tell you, it's it's real smooth. It's very smooth. I, I I enjoy it. So right now, that's my favorite whiskey.
0: Oh, y'all both like dark liquor. That is a rarity because most of the guests I've talked to, they all like the they all like the clear liquor. You know what I'm saying? But hey, that's real i might have to. I'm have to try that on Canaris though, because I've been wanting to try it my for a minute now.
1: Yeah, I I can't I can't drink that alcohol. It's so disgusting to me. I'll <laughs> I'll smell it in a cup, and it like it will open your nose up. And I say, I always say, I know why they used to use that back in the old day for for wounds and stuff, because that's really just alcohol. You can use that and put it on a cotton ball, and you be good. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, you ain't lying okay. though. So, but, what about you? Are
2: you brown? Are you, brown or are you uh,
0: clear? Uh, I'm on brown. I'll be. I'll be on Hennessy. I'm, I'll be on like, like lately it's been it's been Hennessy or um. I've been on this <laughs> rum called the Kraken, and it's like a very oh, yeah. strong rum. I had that. I had. I bought that bottle for a friend of mine for his birthday. He looked at that bottle and he got scared. I'm like. Come on, man. You know I'm gonna bring you something to turn up with for your birthday. Right. Need to say
2: cracking is good.
0: Neil said we ain't open up. Yes, the cracking is good. Neil said we, yes, yeah, we ain't open that bottle, but uh, me and me and my younger sibling, we me and my young son dealing with that bottle because he ain't want to, so
2: okay. <laughs> that was that. All right, So when you hit your whiskey, do you actually put it on ice or do you take it straight?
0: Uh it depends on the mood I mean sometimes if I if I'm in the mood one of those moods I just need to sip I'll put on ice but if I'm in one of those moods I need to uh, take some shots <laughs> I'll just go ahead and take it but if I know I have to drive I'll probably chase it with a little something if I have, if I know I have to okay, drive
2: Okay is there something that you could recommend
0: Um I would I'd would recommend say um that's a cognac. It's a little bit stronger than um, Hennessy. I recommend say I think this. That's owned by Jay Z. That's something I would. That's what lately I've been on that too. That's kind of been my flavor of the month. Um, okay, the that's, that's
2: on my counter right now. It's not even mine. My son's girlfriend brought some home, and they're on their second bottle. And so uh, for her birthday, we uh we she let us try some. I was like, okay, that's kind of smooth too. I, I'm digging that. That
1: was not smooth. That was ugh, good. Good. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> i figured to hear that um lastly why should people subscribe to the podcast
2: our you know on our website com, it says it all if they if they're about love laughter and overcoming adversity in their relationship they should listen to Married in the crazy there's going to be a little bit of laughter there's going to be some discussions some learning points something there's something in the form of edutainment we're either going to teach you something, we're going to share something, we're going to make you laugh. There have been a couple of times people have written us and they cried, Um, but when it's all said and done, it's about us sharing. If they're looking to advance their relationship or learn something that's going to help them be better prepared for a relationship or get through some things, that's what it is. And We also have coaching. If they're just looking for opportunities to learn and really take their relationship to that next level, I think that's why they should listen to Married Into Crazy.
0: That's real. Hey, definitely, hey, y'all. I definitely appreciate y'all for coming on. You know what I'm saying? You got somebody here, you got a connection here in Florida. Whenever y'all do come to Florida, y'all let me know. Uh, I appreciate y'all for coming on. And whenever y'all are ready for me to return the favor and come be a guest on your podcast, you let me know. I'm gonna tell you like I tell everybody, I might be in Florida, but I'm only one DM <laughs> hey, man. away. Okay, I like that. Yeah. Hey, you last set it's all about us networking and coming together because us black podcasters, we definitely got to stick together in this okay. thing. So I do want to thank you all for taking time out of your busy Saturday to come be on the Looker Talk podcast. It was great thank talking to you, you all. Too. Thank you, thank you, for thank you so us.
1: much for having us. We appreciate it.
0: It's not a problem. I want to thank and I also want to thank you, the listener, for taking listening to this look, look at the last episode of Look at Talk, the exclusive round. Check out the Married Into Crazy website. Check them out, ladies and gentlemen. They got everything for your relationship to help save it if it needs to or to help build it. Check them out and check out their podcast if you haven't done so already. And also, subscribe to Look at Talk Podcast and follow us on Instagram at Look at Talk Podcast. Until next time, America, or wherever you are listening, pour that looker up for your boy and be ready for the